walk in their dominion. We are the city of the New Jerusalem. We are the testimony of Jesus. We are the glory of Jesus, the bright and morning star. Hallelujah. To the world, to the nation. We have been endowed with splendor. Hallelujah. You have the keys to the kingdom. Hallelujah. We are to subdue the nations. Hallelujah. It's all scripture. It's all scripture. And after he gave me that word, he said, Lisa Marie, I want you to preach on Isaiah 22. And I said, okay. I'll go right there, Lord. I'll go right there. But before we go, I want to just tell you a few things about the symbolism, the words. Symbolism, wrong word. Reality. Reality of the words of this message that he is giving to you as members of this body. You are people with a steel rod down your backs. You know that? You know that? Nothing is going to push you over. When people come, they're going to get a mighty fortress. And it's your responsibility to disciple, to train, to reach, to preach the gospel, to reach out with healing in your wings. Anyway, we are the city of the new Jerusalem. Hebrews 12, 22 says, the city of the living God. That's who you are. You are a city on a hill, a city of the living God. Take that seriously. Take that seriously. The city of a living God with foundations whose builder and maker is God. You are being built. You are being made. Every day, every day, new things being added to you by God, by your loving Father. The city of the Jerusalem, the heavenly city, coming down out of heaven. Let me tell you something. Are you going to lack anything in that city? If it has come out of heaven, what is it bringing to you? It is bringing to you the very atmosphere of heaven. The very atmosphere of heaven. Stay in it. Walk in it. If we live by the Spirit, we are to walk in the Spirit. You have access. You have access to a whole new realm. Coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride for her husband, our husband Jesus. Prepared. You are being prepared, holy, spotless, 
without wrinkle for your husband. Receive that. Receive that. Prepared as a bride for her husband. Now the dwelling of God. That's scripture. I'm not making that up. You. Now the dwelling of God. The dwelling of God is with men and he with them. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you and you in him. Abiding in him. Abiding in his presence. That's the key. We have relationship, not just rules and regulations. We have relationship, a love relationship with our Jesus. And we receive everything, everything. Hallelujah. We are the testimony of Jesus. You are his word here. We are the glory of Jesus, the morning, the bright morning star to the world. Nothing, nothing can outshine Jesus, our bright morning star. When you are walking in him, nothing will outshine you. Christ in you, nothing will outshine that. His light comes. His light has come. It has infused us. It has chased the darkness away. You are endowed with his splendor. Let me read that to you out of the scripture. Isaiah 55, 5. Surely you will summon nations you know not. And nations that do not know you will hasten to you because of the Lord your God. Hallelujah. The Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. That is his splendor. That is his splendor. Say, I, I am endowed, am endowed with, my Lord's with my Lord's splendor. Wow, what a gracious, generous God we serve. You have the keys to the kingdom. You are to subdue nations. We are to transform the world around us. Not to be transformed. So Isaiah 22, a prophecy against the valley of vision. Now, beloved, I'm just going to tell you, as with anything that has to do with the Lord, it has a good ending. We might have to go through some difficult scriptures, but it has a good ending. He disciplines and admonishes those he loves because he sees that good end. 
when we walk according to his heart. A prophecy against the Valley of Vision. What troubles you now that you have all gone up on the rooftops? See, they were fleeing, weren't they? They were going to the rooftops, but let me tell you something about that. We are always supposed to see the world from rooftop living. And not just rooftop. We are supposed to see the world from God's location, from the realm of glory. You see that? We are supposed to have the vision he has. What troubles you now that you have gone, all gone on the rooftops? You town so full of commotion. Now think about the world. Think about the world. That's, that's, what this is, that's to which this is referring. You town so full of commotion. Because see, we don't have commotion in our hearts because we are purchased. And, and the Lord Jesus gives us peace. God gives us peace. He speaks to us with, in ways of peace. Your town's so full of commotion. You city of tumult and revelry. That's the world. Your slain were not killed by the sword, nor did they die in battle. All your leaders have fled together. In other words, they fled of their own choosing. They fled. They turned and ran. They didn't even fight. They turned and ran. They fled. They have been captured without using the bow. You see, that's not going to be the church. We are not going to be captured without using the bow. We are going to fight our fight. It's already been won. Jesus Christ, our Lord, is our security. Okay? They were, they were basically cowards. They were lukewarm. They were unaware. They weren't discerning things. They were asleep. They were lethargic. They did not use the weapons. See, we're not going to be like that, are we? No, we're not like that. All you, no one at RCC, all you who were caught were taken prisoner together. You see, they were unaware, they were asleep, and they were taken prisoner. We're not going to be unaware, we're not going to be asleep. We're not going to be taken prisoner. Having fled, look at this, having fled while the enemy was still far away. Before the battle even started, they got in fear. It, wasn't, it was still far away. It was out there. And they're already running, not standing their ground. The enemy threat at that point wasn't even real. Well, it was, it was real. It was coming. But they didn't need to flee. They let their imaginations get them. They, they walked in fear, not in the power of their God. They failed to know their authority. They failed to know their dominion. They failed to know the power of their God. So this would be a picture of believers today who choose not to walk in the fullness of Christ, who choose to hand over things and not stand their ground. Not you guys. Not you guys. 
When Jesus came to earth, you know, like I said before, he juxtaposed, he superimposed his realm into our realm, and all we have to do is step into it. You see, all we have to do is step into the kingdom, the realm of the living God, Holy Spirit living. We have the word. We have the spirit. If you're a born-again Christian. See, we don't have to be like Adam and Eve. They handed it over. They handed it over. But what did Jesus do? He wanted back. Now, we're not going to hand it over a second time. Right? When things come against you, don't hand over your dominion. Back to Isaiah. Therefore I said, turn away from me. Let me weep bitterly. Do not try to console me over the destruction of my people. You see, this is not God's plan. Our destruction is not God's plan. That's only a path we can choose. Okay? God will not be pleased with our choice not to walk in our dominion, not to use the keys, not to enlist our precious Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us in ways of truth. Right? To give up our authority. He needs us to accomplish his plans. He needs us to accomplish his plans. He needs you. He needs you fully engaged. Fully engaged. Not asleep at the wheel. It is time to light our fires and to rise up and be the church that is his vision, an unconquerable entity in the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who push back the darkness, those who do not shrink back, we must take this seriously, we must be aware, and we must be ready to fight. Verse 5, The Lord, the Lord Almighty has a day of tumult and trampling and terror in the valley of vision. A day of trouble, of perplexity, terror coming. A day of battering down walls and of crying out to the mountains. Elam takes up the quiver with her charioteers and horses. Kerr uncovers the shield. Look at that word, uncovers the shield. Should we be having to go find our shields and uncover them? Absolutely not. We need to be prepared and ready at all times. Kerr uncovers the shield. Your choicest valleys are full of chariots, and horsemen are posted at the city gates. The Lord stripped away the defenses of Judah, and you looked in that day to the weapons in the palace of the forest. Okay, just hang on. I'm going to explain all this in a minute. You saw that the walls of the city of David were broken through in many places. 
You stored up water in the lower pool. You counted the buildings in Jerusalem and tore down houses to strengthen the wall. Let me ask you something. This is a rhetorical question. Is God going to take away one blessing so that you can fix something else? No, absolutely not. They weren't going about it in a right way at all. At all. You counted the buildings in Jerusalem. You tore down houses to strengthen the wall. You built a reservoir between the two walls for the water of the old pool. Let me ask you this. Are you an old pool? Are you an old wineskin? <laughs> I'm not, and neither are you. Out with the old and in with the new. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see what they were doing? They were do, doing everything, everything in their own power. Everything in their own thinking. Everything in their own planning and strategizing. What does our scripture say? Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Hallelujah. They were working in their own strength, their own thoughts, their own plans, their own works. Then he says, but, but you did not look to the one who made it. The creator of it all, the mastermind, the almighty God, the all-powerful one, our provider. You did not look to the one who made it or have regard for the one who planned it long ago. Are you going to drop out of the hand of God? No. So where do we need to keep our hearts, our eyes, our vision? The one who planned us long ago. You are his beloved. A bruised reed he will not break. Right? He will fulfill the good plans that he has for you. You are precious in his sight. Hallelujah. So see, they were not regarding God in everything they were doing. In the eyes of man, they were, you know, it's like little mice spinning in one of those little wheels going round and round and round. They're really not getting anywhere because they were doing everything by their own planning, their own thought. They were not regarding God. They were not listening to God. They were not being obedient. They did not care for or regard God. <laughs> they didn't depend on him for the blessing of all their endeavors. So you see, today, this would be people that are just going about by the rules and the regulations, and they're not listening to the Holy Spirit, and they're not seeking the good counsel of, of the loving Father. Verse 12. The Lord, the Lord Almighty called you on that day 
to weep and to wail, to tear out your hair and put on sackcloth. So he's basically saying, pay attention. Wake up. Look, see what's happening around you. And then depend on me. But see. So this is what they were doing right here. Instead of following his instructions, this is what they were doing. But see, there is joy and revelry. In other words, you're going about this in the wrong way. You're blind. You're not looking. You're not seeing. You're trusting in your wisdom and your preparation. You're unconcerned about the things ahead. You're looking around and you're not seeing and you're, you're, you're narcissistic. You're caught up in the lusts of the world. Slaughtering of cattle and killing of sheep, eating of meat and, and, and drinking of wine. Let us eat and drink, you say, for tomorrow we will die. So this is failure to heed him, failure to rest in the shadow of the Almighty, under his wings taking refuge. They were enamored by the lusts of life. This is a narcissistic way of living. Just because we don't need to be afraid doesn't mean we don't need to pay attention. Right? See, he'll tell us of things to come. He'll have us be prepared. He is our fortress. When we rest in him, when we abide in him, that's protection. So they were failing to have hope for the future by doing the things that he, they needed to do today according to his hope, according to his instructions. They were only living in the here and now. The Lord Almighty has revealed this in my hearing. Till your dying day, this sin will not be atoned for, says the Lord Almighty. Says the Lord, the Lord Almighty. This is what the Lord the Lord Almighty says. Go say to this steward, this is to Shebna, the palace administrator. Okay, he was the chief steward for King Hezekiah. What are you doing here? Who gave you permission to cut out a grave for yourself here, hewing your grave on the height and chiseling your resting place on the rock? Okay, now don't get scared. Don't turn, off your, don't turn off your spirits here, please. God warns those he loves. Right? I would be a fool not to warn you, but I'm no fool. So this person was in pride. This person was in haughtiness. This person was placing himself on the height. Do we want to do that? No, no, no. See, because when we humble ourselves before God, he lifts us up. When we pay attention, he lifts us up. He saves us from disaster. Praise you, Father. Those who exalt themselves, who honor themselves. No, no, that's not what the scripture says. It says, those who honor me, I will honor. Right? So they were in the land, they were prideful, they were not discerning the times. They were not recognizing the warnings of God and his instructions. They were falling asleep, they were in fear. Failing to stand in their 
authority. Handing it over. Puffed up. Out of control. Seeking their own. Does this sound familiar? No, I'm serious. Does this sound familiar? Do you walk in this every day in the world? You might be in it, but you're not to be of it. Okay? So the message to Shebna here was very clear. It was a reproof of his pride. It was a reproof of his vanity. It was a reproof of his worldly security. There is no security in this world. None whatsoever. There is no excellence in this world. Our excellence comes from the Lord. Beware. The Lord is about to take firm hold of you and hurl you away, you mighty man. See, we don't want to be puffed up in our own selves. You mighty man. Hadn't thought of this before, but remember Gideon? Gideon thought nothing of himself. I'm the least. I'm of the least tribe, and I'm, the, I'm of the least in that tribe. Well, God called him a mighty man of valor. You see that? God is the exalter, not us. Here's someone who's exalting himself, and he's saying, I will hurl you away. I will hurl you away. So God gave me, as I'm going through this, he said to compare these scriptures to the church of Laodicea and the church of Thyatira. Thyatira. Revelation 3. This is the lukewarm church. Okay, there are several layers here. This is the lukewarm church. We are not a lukewarm, RCC is not a lukewarm church. Be thankful. Be thankful. But this is a warning to keep up your shields, to keep up your guard, to, to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? Verse 15, Revelation 3. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Some, some translations say vomit or spew. <laughs> you say, I am rich. I have a, this is Shebna. I am rich. I have acquired wealth. I do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. The world does not realize their need for the Lord, but you do. You do. And you realize it for yourself and for your families. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich, white clothes to wear, so that you can cover your shameful nakedness. Well, we know that by the blood it's eradicated. And this was, and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. That's Jesus to all of us. That's who Jesus is to all of us, those three things. Okay? 
those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So this message today is all about the Lord loving you. Right? Don't anyone go away from this message thinking that you have to be perfect. See, the Lord works with us. He's taking us, showing us, splendorizing us. Isaiah 22. Oh, back to 19. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. Just, it's a very, very simple thing. Just if there's a, a place in your life where you set up, where you feel like there's a lukewarmness, just turn the other way and say, God, light my fire. Help me light my fire. And it, and it happens. Verse 18, Isaiah 22. He will roll you up tightly like a ball and throw you into a large country. This isn't us. This is the Shebna, the Shebnaites. <laughs> I don't know if that's really a word, but he will roll you up tightly like a ball and throw you into a large country. What does that mean? If you're thrown into a large country, it means you, you there have no authority. You're not going to have any authority there. You'll be ruled over, not you, not the people here at RCC, but those who choose to do this, who choose to be this way. They will be ruled over instead of ruling as God has designed. You know, that's very similar, very similar. Think about when Saul, when, when the Israelites chose Saul to be their king, well, that really wasn't what God wanted. He had come to them and he said, I'll be your God. And they were like, no, we want a king. Oh, my goodness. Who would ever want an intermediary between themselves and the Lord? We're going to get to this later, but that's idolatry. Okay? Anything that we set up in our lives between us and God is idolatry. Any entity that chooses to set themselves up as an authority between you and God not allowing you to make godly choices for you the way that God speaks to you is trying to set themselves up as an idol in your life. There's a fight that must be had there. Wake up. There you will die. But you see, that's not God, God's intent. That was because of their choices. That's never the intent of God. He has life and life more abundantly. Right? Ask and you shall receive. The glory of the Lord is risen upon us. It's only our choice to walk away. And they're the chariots you were so proud of. The things in which you trusted, in which the people trusted rather than trusting in the Lord. In whatever area, in whatever area, whatever a person chooses to trust in rather than the Lord will become a disgrace to your master's house. I will depose you from your office. See, we're not going to have that, are we? Why aren't we going to have that? 
because we're not going to set up idols. We're not going to be lukewarm. We are going to listen to the Lord. We are going to walk in the dominion and the authority that he has given us already. We are going to choose to walk in kingdom realm living. Holy Spirit guided living. The glory of God living. Christ in us, the hope of glory. We're not going to let go. And you will be ousted from your position. You see, he cannot honor disobedience. He cannot honor lukewarmness. He cannot honor idolatry. He cannot honor not trusting in him. He cannot honor our failure to walk in our power and our authority and our dominion. Bless you. He has chosen us to be dominion heirs. Here. Now. Enforcers of the kingdom. Enforcers of Christ's life here and now on earth. In that day, verse 20, in that day I will summon my servant. What a glorious day. You know, the common deal today is, you know, we're no longer servants, we're friends. Yeah, you know what? You are a friend. You are a beloved. You are a saint. But excuse me, he never took that word out of the Bible. That is a blessed name. That is a blessed title. It is precious to serve the Lord. It is precious when you can serve another human being as directed by the Holy Spirit in the Lord for the glory of God. That's precious. And it's not to be sneered at. In that day, I will summon my servant, the one who serves me, Eliakim, son of Hilkiah. So Eliakim was another assistant of King Hezekiah, okay? He didn't have the rank of Shebna. Shebna was, you know, a chief person. I will clothe him, okay, they're talking about Eliakim here, I will clothe him with your robe. I will fasten your sash around him. This is the church, beloved. This is you. This is those serving the Lord Jesus Christ. I will clothe him with your robe and fasten your sash around him and hand your authority over to him. So if someone abuses authority, if someone doesn't walk in their authority, if someone doesn't walk in the dominion, if someone doesn't walk in the calling that God has made clear to your heart, he will take it away and he will give it to someone who will trust him and be faithful and be his servant. We don't want to be that person where the robe gets taken and hand it to someone else. We want to walk in the fullness of the calling that he has called us, that he has put on our plate. Mm-hmm. 
We want to do exactly what he's asking us to do when he's asking us to do it. We don't want to say, I didn't see it. We don't want to be Adam and Eve. I don't want my baton passed to someone else because I chose to be unfaithful. I serve a faithful God. To the faithful, he is faithful. Regardless of what it looks like, regardless of the trouble that might be trying to raise its ugly head. God will honor those who do what he has asked. No trouble shall come nigh their tent, right? No harm. There might be issues, but you will not be harmed. They will stand in their authority. They will discern the times. They will push back the darkness rather than shrink back from it. That's the duty of the church and the individual believers. This is supposed to be the church today. God will get his work done and every single person is either going to be in or out and we're going to be in. We are going to be in. This church is going to be in. If you want to go to another church, I'm not responsible for you. It's true. So if a Shebna is unfaithful, the Lord will remove him and he will raise up an Eliakim. He will be an Eliakim. He will be a father to those who live in Jerusalem and to the people of Judah. I will place on his shoulder, this goes back to the, the word, if you've noticed there's a lot of stuff in here that goes back to that word that the Lord gave me that I told you at the beginning. I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David. Wow, I should hear a bunch of shouting right there. <laughs> Jesus! Jesus! All that he had, the keys! What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. So at this point, this Eliakim, he becomes a prophecy of Jesus. Jesus himself said, in, in Revelation 3, 7, he said, these things says he who is holy. He who is true. He who has the key of David, what he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. And no one, excuse me, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. This is the faithful church. This is what you have been given. This is the authority, the dominion, the power that you have been given. The faithful church has been given these powerful, beautiful dominion keys. the ruling and the reigning church, not in arrogance. What in? The love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your authority 
It's not your right to pummel another human being. Your authority is your responsibility to have the compassion of Jesus, to walk in the love of Jesus, to see the hurting, to lift them up. Get it? This is not arrogance. This is not pride. This is loving like Jesus loves you and pulled you out of a mud pit and was patient and was kind with new mercies every morning, with loving kindness that never fails. You are to be a demonstration of the love of Jesus Christ in your authority. So the keys have been given to the church, but not the sleeping, not the lukewarm, not the disobedient, not the Jezebel spirit, not the rebellious church. This is a church pursuing the presence of Christ. You, a person. Matthew 16, 19, I will give you the keys of the kingdom to heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This is the church from the book of Acts. This is the church that has come to heal and deliver, to preach the gospel, to make disciples, to reach the nations for healing, not castigation. It is a ruling, reigning church. He has given the nations to the church. This is a big responsibility. And in the book of Revelations, Jesus gives us the vision that we will subdue nations. Revelation 2, 26. This is Thyatira. To the one who is victorious. Okay, this is, this is the beautiful promise that comes when we do it God's way. To the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. That one will rule them with an iron scepter and will dash them to pieces like pottery. Listen to, this, listen to this promise. Just as I have received authority from my Father, I will also give that one, the morning star, whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Do you see what you've been given? Do you see the authority? Do you see where you are to be seated? I want to read this. I'll read that in a minute. So here, the nations, those are the unrepentant, the unsaved, refusing the hand of the love of God, right? We are to be those who reach out with that, but to the church who stands in power and dominion by the name, by the blood, by the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, by the word, by the precepts of the word, by the moving of the Holy Spirit. See, we accept this mission. And God says to those people, verse 23, I will drive him, this is Eliakim, 
like a peg into a firm place, again, that's a picture of Jesus, he will become a seat of honor. You see, he does the promoting. He will become a seat of honor for the house of his father. You want to be a seat of honor in the house of your father. That's you. That's me. All the glory of his family will hang on him. All the glory of his family. Whose family are we? We're the family of Jesus. We hang on the Jesus peg. We'll hang on him. It's offspring. Claim that for your offspring. Claim that for your children. Claim that for your grandchildren. And on and on and on and on. It's offspring and offshoots. All its lesser vessels from the bowls to all the jars. So you see here, we don't care about the glory of the carnal world. We don't care about the glory that man can give or the excellence because there is no excellence in the world. It all hangs on Jesus. It all hangs on who we are in Jesus. That's the only real value. That's the only real worth. That he is our firm peg. That he is our foundation. And that we do things his way. And that we are not lukewarm and we just don't, like we go through life oblivious. Letting things happen and not paying attention. Eliakim here compared to, was compared to the nail in the sure place. That's our Jesus. He was not the Shebna. We depend on Jesus. He's a picture of Jesus here. And so as a result of that, it's a picture of the what? The church. Right? Because he's our head. So the godly Eliakim was the secure peg that could spiritually support his father's house and the offspring of that house. His total dependence, our total dependence, needs to be on Jesus, the only firm peg. The only firm peg. How do we do that? We abide in him. We pray. We give thanks. We abide in our Lord. Our Jesus is our nail in a secure place. He will never falter. He will never disappoint. He will never forsake. As we look to him for everything, we shall be strengthened and renewed. In our weakness, he strengthens us. He helps us to run and not be weary, to walk and not faint. See, that's his promise. But we must exist in the very life of being of our Savior, our Christ. His life force. His life force superimposed in this earthly realm, right here, totally accessible to us. And we just step into it and say, I want to receive all that you have for me, Jesus. I want to receive all that you have already given me. I trust you. I depend on you. You are the king of glory. And I'm going to demonstrate that to the world. Hallelujah. In that day, declares the Lord Almighty, the peg driven into the firm place will give way. Okay, so this is prior. This is prior to Eliakim. This is Shebna. Shebna will give way. The things of the world will give way. They will hold no honor or glory for anyone. 
They will entice and entice and entice, and they will fail. The peg driven into the firm place will give way. It will be sheared off and will fall, and the load hanging on it will be cut down. The Lord has spoken. You never need to question again about the things of the world or getting involved with them. They will fail you. Social media will fail you. Drugs will fail you. Alcohol will fail you. It will entice you for a moment. And it will wither and die, and anything hung on it will fail. The ultimate peg that is driven is the Eliakim that is going to be promoted into that spot. The Jesus that replaces all the things that entice us in the world. That gives us the true crown of victory. The true loving kindness. The love that never ends. The power and authority. The blood. The mercy. The healing all wrapped up in him. Shebna had no proper, no secure root because he was trusting in his own strength and his own glory. And before Eliakim could be put in that spot, Shebna had to be removed, and God will do it. And the burden that was on it will be cut off. Those are all those who are hung on the things of the world. So we have to make sure that we're on the right peg. The true Jesus. So if you're in a lukewarm church, just get out right now. I'm serious. If you're in a church that won't help you stand on the precepts of the word, get out. If they're preaching social doctrine, if they won't support you when you have religious beliefs, you need to be moving on. See, Shebna did have a place of authority, but he was not faithful, and God took him down. I'm not preaching doom and gloom because this isn't you guys. Because we can be secure when we hang on Jesus. We don't have to worry about Shebna. We subdue the nations. We offer hope. We demonstrate the glory of Christ. So any place in our lives, any place in our lives where we've set up the Jezebel spirit, the idolatry, that's the Thyatira church. What did Jezebel do? She set herself up as the prophetess, like a Saul, right? She was leading people into immorality, right? She was rebellious. Any place where we have rebellion in our lives, we need to get rid of it. It's idolatry, anger, gossip, greed. It's all idolatry. Okay? Like I said before, anyone who's trying to set themselves between you and your ability to listen to the Lord for yourself in your life, that's I, that they're trying to set themselves up as an idol. You need to be aware of that. Okay? 
we have been given God's kingdom. It is only us who can relinquish that. He's given it to us as his beloved. You are the beloved of God. He says he will strike dead the idolatrous. Revelation 2.23, Then I will strike her children dead, and all the churches will know that I am the one who searches minds and hearts, and I will repay each one of you according to your deeds. That's not us, because we're not going to be a rebellious church. We're going to follow the leadings of the Lord. We're going to listen to the Holy Spirit. We're going to welcome the Holy Spirit. We're going to stay on the word. We are to be his manifestation here on earth. Back to the word that I was given. The city of the new Jerusalem. That's you. Think about what that means. The very glory of God demonstrated. The glory of the morning star. The very glory of God demonstrated. The very glory of God demonstrated. The morning star the light that outshines all darkness, the church endowed with his splendor. Isaiah 55, 5, the testimony of Jesus, the walking word. We have the keys of the kingdom, entitled to use them, intended to reach and subdue the nations. That is who you are in Christ. The lukewarm, the idolatrous, will be pushed out. The unrepentant. Remember, he always gives us a chance to repent. He said of Jezebel, I have given her time to repent. She did not. So don't think that this is about every single sin you ever committed. Once you've brought it to the Lord, it's over. So that does not qualify you as an unrepentant person, just because you made a mistake or that you weren't perfect. When you bring it back to the Lord and you repent, it's over. The blood has washed it. It is clean as snow. So don't categorize yourself in this. You know what I'm saying. Okay? There is mercy. Jesus has given us his crown of victory. He has given us a way to come back to him and wear the crown. Through his stripes, through his blood. Hallelujah. Revelation 3.20. Here I am. This is the Laodicean church. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person. Have you opened the door? Have you heard him knocking? Yes. Is your heart to have him sup with you? Okay. Well, you've been given that promise. Praise Jesus. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. I am supping together with Jesus. You are invited to the table. All you got to do is start eating. To the one who is victorious, Those are the ones who come to the table, who dine with him, who say, yes, I'm listening, Lord. Show me the way. I depend on you to show me the way. My heart is for you, Lord. 
I'm not perfect, but my heart is for you. <clears throat> I will give the right, the right to sit with me on my throne. Wow. Wow. Where are you sitting today? You got that right. You did. You got it right. Hallelujah. We all need to get it right. We all need to see ourselves the way God sees us. To the one who is victorious. Hang in there. Hang in there, beloved. Don't shrink back. Keep your heart on Jesus. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Just the same. Just the same. Just the same. Are you lacking anything? No. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You see, when we seek him, the door is always open. He has invited us into the throne room. He does not come to condemn, but to love us and to woo us and to call us his beloved when we acknowledge him. And I want to read this particular verse in, in Rotherham. It says, Actually, I'm going to go back up a little bit. Uh, I think I'm going to actually start up in 18. I counsel thee to buy from me gold refined by fire that thou mayst become rich. See, this is his heart for you. This is God's heart for you. That thou mayst array, and white raiment, that thou mayst array thyself in the shame of thy nakedness will not be made manifest. You see that? You see how tender-hearted he is to you? When you run to him, he does not broadcast your mistakes and fail, quote-unquote, indiscretions or failures. He doesn't broadcast that. See that? You shouldn't be broadcasting it to yourself. Did you hear that? You should not be broadcasting it to yourself. An eye salve to anoint thine eyes that thou mayest see. I, as many as I tenderly love, and that is you. Tenderly, it says, tenderly love. Tenderly love. I convict and put under discipline. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. That's all it takes. That is all it takes. You do not have to crawl around on glass shards, okay? Got it? You don't have to sit around and castigate yourself forever. You don't have to sit around and whip yourself. Lo, I am standing at the door and knocking. He is wooing you with love and compassion. If anyone shall hearken to my voice and open the door, I will come in unto him and will sup with him and he with me. He that overcomes, I will give unto him to take 
his seat with me in my throne. I will give to him to take your seat, beloved. Take your seat, beloved. Take your seat in his throne. He says that. Don't let the world convince you that that is arrogance or pride. He says, come. Take your seat in my throne with me, beloved. As I also overcame, that's Jesus, and took my seat with my father in his throne. He's saying there's no difference. There is no difference. The only difference is what you're going to make of it. But I'm not making a difference. I took my seat with my father. You take your seat with me. No difference. The same. The very same. God has a big vision. God has a big vision. Revelation 2.24. But I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, these are those who turn their hearts to the Lord. These are those, okay, who put away the things that he's told us to put away. But I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold to her teaching, those are the teachings of Jezebel, and have not learned the so-called deep things of Satan, I will place no further burden upon you. Wow. You see that? Do you see what he's doing for us? He's lightening the burden. He's making the yoke easy. He says his, bird, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. I will place no further burden on you. Nevertheless, hold fast to what you have until I come. Hold fast to the word of God. Hold fast. And to the one who overcomes and continues in my work until the end, I will give authority over the nations. Dominion. Dominion living here. He will rule them with an iron scepter and shatter them like pottery, just as I have received authority from my Father. I will give him the morning star. Same authority. Same light. Same life. We serve a living Christ. We serve a living word. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Hallelujah. We live in victory. We have a victor's crown. We don't need to take it off. Dominion, power, authority in the love of Christ and for the glory of God. Hallelujah. So that's what the Lord had me... uh, was talking to me about this week. So let me see, what do we have to do? Communion. What a great time to take communion. What a great time to remember 
the power, the authority, the mercy, the grace, the goodness of God. The the sacrifice of Jesus. So dear Lord, we thank you for all that you've done for us. We are not going to ignore the sacrifice that you made. We are not going to ignore the suffering that you went through. We thank you for allowing your body to be hung on that cross. You did it willingly for us that we could be healed. Your healing is in recognizing what he has done for you because of his great love. So we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. And in pouring out his blood, he gave you his mercy. Mercy for every mistake, mercy for every indiscretion, the blood that covers every sin when we come back and repent to him. And by the way, if there is anyone in this room or anyone watching that has never received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, please come right here and I'll pray with you. Because all the glory of God belongs to you. His love belongs to you. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. And all you have to do is say, Dear Lord, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Son of the loving God, and I receive him today. Please forgive me of the things that I have done that have not pleased you. I know that I am forgiven and that I am washed clean right here, right now, at this moment. So I come to you and I thank you for loving me and for filling me with your Holy Spirit. And if you've prayed that, when you get a hold of me, I'll send you some information that will help you. It'd be awesome if you would get in a good word, church. Get baptized. That would be cool. It'd be great. And walk with the Lord. Back to communion. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for your blood that has brought us mercy. In Jesus' name. now we're going to receive our tithes and our offerings. And all I'm going to say about that today is give as you've been given unto. Give as the Lord Jesus has given unto you. You cannot give him. He is very sure to bring you a harvest of everything that you sow into good ground. And I pray in the name of Jesus for a bountiful harvest unto every seed planted into this church. Thank you, Lord, that you take the seed, that you return a harvest unto the giver, and that you will be glorified, that you will be glorified in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. And everything.
everyone is dismissed.